0: You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Dr. Adam Arnold, the founder of Web Profit Maximizer. WPM is a social media and digital marketing agency based in Sydney and serves clients globally. After 17 years of studying, testing, and successfully implementing the latest digital advertising techniques from some of the best mentors in the world, Adam has learned a thing or two about business growth. So I've asked him here to join us today to help us all market online a little better. So Adam, thank you so much for joining us. How you doing, my friend?
1: Hey, Daryl, thank you for having me on. And I am doing really well. Thank you.
0: Yeah, I know. You were just giving me some great tips. And we were talking about some stuff before we hit record. Now, I know you as a savvy entrepreneur who's obviously helping grow businesses and uh, making differences in people's lives. But how did you even get into this? Like, did you, I mean, there's a doctor at the beginning of your name. I was kind of surprised when I saw that bio. I'm like, Adam's a doctor. And I mean, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? And how did you get to where you are now?
1: (laughs) Great questions, Daryl. So, Um, I'll take the last one first. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. No, I have come, my father is a butcher and my mother, uh, ran the school lunch program. So that was kind of my background. And most of my family were farmers. I, I grew up in rural, um, America. So, um, there was no entrepreneurial spirit in my family, um, growing up. Um, I had an injury when I was in high school that, um, led me onto the career path of being a chiropractor. That's how I got the name doctor. And ironically, that is the same reason why I got out of chiropractic because um, (laughs) my, my back injury um, uh, stopped me from being able to practice chiropractic. I I, I practiced for um, 17 years. So um, yeah, so that's kind of what got me in, what got me out. And at that stage, I was at a stage in my life, like, wow, what am I going to do with myself now? Like, I'm really passionate about chiropractic and really I, and the reason I'm passionate about chiropractic is because I love helping people. So what can I do with my life to help people and still get results and also do something that I actually enjoy doing? And the obvious answer for me was I loved marketing because I've been marketing my own chiropractic practice and, um, you know, studying some of the, some of the greats like Jay Abraham and Dan Kennedy. Um, and, and, um, Long story short, I wound up um, being a part of a mastermind program by one of the the top uh, Facebook marketers in the world, Ben Simpkin, which you've been at one of his events and spoken at as well.
0: That's right. Well, actually, Uh, we also did an interview with Ben. I'm trying to get him back on for a second time. But uh, yeah, Ben's a great guy. Sorry, keep going.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, um, so uh, got into Ben's mastermind, um, created an ad, generated uh, 1,200 leads in three months for that business. And it's just kind of been rolling on ever since then.
0: That's awesome. That's excellent. So obviously, you've been through a few different types of business models, and you've seen a lot of different uh, seasons of in business. What have been some of the greatest challenges in your career?
1: Oh, great question. So, um, yeah, I guess one one of the things is, like, because I, I I was marketing and running my own chiropractic practice, I have got both online and offline experience, um, you know, so um, copywriting. And and so it, it gave me a complete um, sort of a, a picture of the whole marketing process. Um, so um, some of the biggest challenges that I have found um, probably as an agency now – um, the biggest challenge that I find is when I generate leads for a company, mm-hmm. we'll have one of two two problems. One is um, they have too many leads and they can't handle them, mm-hmm. um, and we have to turn off our marketing. Um, and our number two is they get a bunch of leads, but they can't convert them into clients. Mm-hmm. And so both of those problems really comes down to having the back end sales process so now before we start working with a client we always make sure that they have um, a specific sales process in place so that they can convert those leads and so that they can handle the number of leads that we're putting in through to them as well
0: and that's really powerful because I know already you know it's funny um, with my with my uh, girlfriend last last night we were at her mom's store and ev- all business owners think they've got a problem like a traffic problem or an inventory problem, but her store is literally like three feet, four feet across from McDonald's entrance. You know, wow. and it's like, there's a McDonald's that's like, there's, you know, like it's a huge anchor store. First of all, in any location, right. McDonald's draws people. They're busy all day, every day walking in and out. Um, you know, so the problem isn't that, that it's a conversion problem. Everyone has a conversion. Everyone thinks I don't have enough traffic. You know, whether it's an online or offline business, you hear that all the time. I don't have enough traffic, but typically, you know, if you had more conversions, you could get a lot more out of less traffic. You know, if you can make one sale out of every 10, then to make 10 sales, you need 100 people. But if you're getting two sales out of every 10, you only need 50 people. That's half the traffic. So it's almost like people always focus on the traffic part, but what you said is so important. So we talk about having a back-end sales process in place. Can you kind of describe what that like? Wh- I, I mean, this might sound really rudimentary and basic, but just for you know, shits and it's my own show. I can swear. Just for shits and giggles, can you explain <laughs> what is uh, like a back end sales process? Like, what is that? What is that? What does that look like?
1: Okay, great, great question. And so, I think that the the, the, the I'll, I'll use healthcare as an example. Um, I generate a lot of leads for functional medicine practitioners and chiropractors. So. Um, the so when the lead comes in to the um, to the to the chiropractor or the functional medicine practitioner, um, they will have their staff generally making the phone call. Now the the staff person that is the person that sees the clients walking in the door and greets them and and, and, and takes them into the rooms is is more of an administrative trained staff person, mm-hmm. and they're not used to. Following up on people, so the first thing is that they have to be used to um, getting on the phone and having conversations with people. And um, the the first area that it'll drop where, where it'll drop off is if they think they've made two or three phone calls. Anything beyond that would be bothering someone. Right, right, right. So, so we have to train them to understand that like it's okay to make fifteen or twenty phone calls within the first seventy two hours of a lead coming in. Right, right, right. So that's the first step is, is we need to you know clarify when you get that lead um, coming in through your inbox, this is the steps that you need to do. And the first thing is you want to, you want to call them. And the quicker that they call them, the better the result will be. Right. Okay. And then, so then the second step is like, okay, well, what do I say once I get them on the phone? Mm-hmm. And so then we work with the scripting process with them on what they should say um, to get them uh, to convert. And you know sometimes we don't know exactly what we're going to need to um, to do to get the conversion because we need to trial it mm-hmm. but typically we can we can we can come down to the biggest objections are generally time and money right. so so it's about showing the value of whatever it is that they're getting on the phone um, because m- most of my clients are are on the higher end of their, they 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 have high ticket items, so mm-hmm. they're not a typical chiropractor or a functional medicine practitioner. Their programs are anywhere from two and a half to fifteen mm-hmm. um, thousand dollars to to you know to come in and see them. Mm-hmm. So um, so there needs to be a lot of value being displayed on the telephone,
0: right?
1: And then um, once they um, get that client in the office, then it's it's about making sure they understand how to track what happens, right? And so we set up spreadsheets for our clients where they enter in, um, you know, the number of times it called, um, what what was the result of that phone call, when they came into the office, did they convert into a client? So we make sure that our clients have all of the the sort of backend processes so that we can track, and that helps then from an agency point of view, that helps us to make sure that we are then um, tracking them in uh, in in terms of our ads to make tweaks to our ads, and and then so and there's not really a like an upsell or side sell for most of my clients that, that are in that space. Um, but if we we're looking at um, like, as an example, an event company that we're running ads for right now um, there, they, um, they sell high end jewelry. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, and they sell it through auctions. And so people who buy jewelry through the retail um, uh, outlets aren't used to buying jewelry in an auction. So, The first thing is to get them to the auction, get them comfortable with the process. And then the next part is to make sure that we get them to come back to the next auction so that now that they're comfortable, they're ready to start bidding and actually purchase jewelry.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, that makes perfect. And what I love about it is it's about, so for people listening, it's about having like a planned process. It's not doing something new with every person. A lot of businesses, you know, the sales rep is the owner typically, you know, and they're just kind of handling it. Right. On their own. And just out of necessity, a system kind of emerges like, oh, I got this post-it note system on the dashboard of my car because I'm always stuck in traffic. You know, but that's not it. You've got a planned out thing. You've got a script. Why would you use a phone script? Doesn't it sound robotic?
1: (laughs) Great, great, great question. Um, And so um, it shouldn't sound robotic if the person is is using the script as as like a guide. So they still need to put in their own personality, but we want to be able to test and measure. So if they say X, Y, Z, and they get, you know, ABC result, then we know that X, Y, Z works. But if they try to use something different every time, then we don't know what's working and what's not working.
0: Right, 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 right. And it might, you know, and you still might figure it out, but it could take a lot more iterations. And when you're spending money to buy leads, you want to minimize the optimization cycle as much as possible. And you do that with specificity,
1: exactly. And and so I also have a background in NLP, so we will use NLP in our scripting as well, so that and 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 hypnotic suggestion. So we know um, the outcome that we're going to get.
0: I love that. All right. So um, so we talked about how helping you can generate leads for a client, but typically they either don't they don't understand. They don't really have a business in place is what it sounds like because they don't have any systems or processes. They're just good at some. And I don't want to – that's not a digger at anybody by any means. Um, but all right. So then you help them actually get a system in place to capture their leads, follow up the leads, track what's working, what's not working. What do you – where do people struggle with that? Is it an easy thing for everyone to implement with or do some of your clients tend to struggle with parts?
1: Yeah. Good, good question again. So, um, and like, and you asked about a script, um, after a while, people get tired of saying a script mm-hmm. and that they then think, oh, let's, let's just deviate from it or oh, let's, I don't need I, the
0: script. I'm good at, yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I've done this enough now. I can, I can do it on my own without the script. And so that's, that can be, that can be obviously a problem. Um, or the other problem is, is, um, because again, they're administrative staff; they just get tired of making the calls, mm. and so and and and, and that's where um, you know we will suggest they start looking at having an external company to make those calls for them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, because those are salespeople, and they don't care if they call the person you know hundred times a day. They're they're there to get a sale, and um, they enjoy making the phone calls. Um, they don't get tired of making the phone calls. In fact, they get a high out of it. So, yep. um, you know, it's a, they, they're, they're wired differently in their mind to, to making the call. So, yep. but that's that's typically the, you know the, the couple of the problems I see is one they don't like the scripts or like they don't like saying the same thing over and over again, and two is they just get tired of actually making the phone calls.
0: Hmm. Now, why why pay for advertising? Like, why buy leads? Why not just you know word of mouth that sort of thing?
1: That's a good question again as well. So, um, I, so I did, I did a, I did a seminar recently in, in, um, in Ben's mastermind and I was talking about marketing on autopilot. And when we talk about marketing on autopilot, the first thing that, that a business needs to understand is what core pillars of marketing they have in place and referrals should definitely be one of your, um, Uh, Core pillars. the The challenge with just having referrals is is number one, you don't you never know when someone's going to refer. You can't control that. So it's kind of like you're on this roller coaster ride of oh, I got two referrals this week and I got none last week, and then and it goes up and down like that. Um, The so 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 that's that's the first reason why we don't want to just rely on referrals. Mm -hmm. Um, this the second reason is is because if you're after if you're after substantial growth in your company you're going to have to have other marketing in place and so so the, the beauty of having paid advertising is we can scientifically scientifically look at it and go okay if we run an ad that's going to produce for x dollars it's going to produce a lead and if we get x number of leads we know that we can convert you know y of them into clients and so then therefore we know that we can get a client landed for, you know, a hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, whatever it is, and we know that this the back end sell of that is gonna be two and a half thousand dollars. Mm-hmm. So now we have a system that's that's automated that we know that we can follow through and we can control mm-hmm. with paid advertising. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's if it's organic, you know, like as SEO, I think everyone should have have that in their in their business as well. But you can't rely on how many people are going to search for whatever keyword you're looking for in Google that particular month. Whereas within paid advertising, we can control um, how many leads we're going to get, how many new customers we're going to
0: get. Yeah, yeah, you can literally turn a tap. It's like, hey, let's get 300 new customers, and then you just get them. And it's a simple concept to grasp, and I think it's a simple thing, if you don't understand, but it's not easy. It's not straightforward and easy. If it were, more people would be successful at it. So. I think that's really where 17 years of experience uh, plays a powerful role because it really helps shorten that curve. You can do it. A lot of other people, uh, a lot of people also, you know, there's a great book, Scientific Advertising, written by Claude Hopkins. And in it, he says, you know, you should treat your advertising like you would a sales rep. You wouldn't expect your salesperson to make sales their very first day on the job when they're just learning about you and your product. You know, you you would know you would have to pay them and invest in them you know, particular for amount of time before they would start producing any results. And a lot of times paid advertising can be like that. You have to treat it like that because it's such an asset when you have that tap that you can just literally just turn it on and get more customers. You know, I mean, that's just such an empowering thing financially, business wise, as far as security and stability and reliability uh, or predictability. But it's not again, it's something that, you know, if, if it was so easy, everybody would be doing it. So it is something that takes time, energy and effort to build. But um, I always say on the show, there's only really three ways to get traffic. You can buy it, you can borrow it or you can build it. And borrowing it is, you know, borrowing and building is where a lot of people tend to focus their time. But buying it is really the holy grail. You know, that's that's kind of what separates the big business, the big boys from the small mom and pop shop. So now do you, do you see habits or routines or similarities between some of your more successful clients? Any Common denominators among them,
1: you know, I think that that if we look at their mindset, is um, is is definitely probably one of the first keys, and that is they they have a mindset that they're they're willing and they're open to try something, but they also have the mindset that hey, I'm willing to pay to to build my business, uh, so I'm willing to invest in it knowing that i'm going to get um a return if i if i'm if i'm spending some money on advertising um and growing my business that that's probably the the first key is is they have that right that right winning mindset and they have the mindset for that they're hunger they're they're hungry for growth um and then i think the the other the other um the one of the other keys is is they actually care about their customers they really, really care about the people that they're looking after. Um, and because they care so much about them, they know a lot about their customers, which helps make my job easier. Because the more they know about their customers, the easier it is for me to be able to write marketing that um, that the customer will understand. And, um, you know, there's a saying that says, you know, if, 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 if in our marketing, if we can um, tell the customer what their problem is, and, and say it better than what they can say it themselves, then the customer automatically is going to raise their hand and say, Yeah, I'm in because I know that you can solve my problem because you've just stated it better than I could state it myself. Yeah. Right. So 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 caring, so having, you know, caring about the results that their customers are getting is, is absolutely essential. And then the third is 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 caring for their for their organization, for their for their team, um, and making sure that the happiness of their, of their, of their team is, is, you know, one of the most paramount things that they have in their, in their company as well.
0: Hmm. I love that. Why is that so important to have a team and to have a happy team at that?
1: Well, so, so, um, you know, there's, um, uh, I think his first name was Patty. He was a dentist and, um, he, uh, you know, I think I first heard this concept from him. This is going back probably 15 years ago. Um, and he made a decision that he was going to split up his clientele into his A clients his B clients his C and his D and A were obviously the best clients and D were the worst clients and he was getting rid of all the B C and D clients so he was going to refer them to another dentist cuz he didn't want to work with them mm-hmm. and then he he would then only work with his A clients and the reason why he said that is because um and sorry I'll go back to using this in the in the team example right. so he, he he asked who's the most important Person in your company? And most people would reply, well, it's the customer. And he said, no, it's my team. And the reason it's my team is because I'm around them all day long, every day. So I have to get along with them. I have to, you know, like them and I have to be able to trust them. And so they're the most important people in my entire organization. And the customer comes second. Mm. And then with the customers, then he then, um, cleared out so that he was only working with people that he wanted to be around all day long. So his happiness came from number one, having his team be happy Mm -hmm. and um, be around people that he liked. And number two, from his customers also being people that he liked and
0: wanted to be around as well. Mm -hmm. That's such a powerful thing because I think that's why a lot of people get into business. It's to have control. Like, There's so many things that are out of our control I think there's people that they want that control. They don't want to deal with a boss that they don't like or they don't want to be subject to somebody else's input or abuse. So they start their own business to have their own control over exactly that. Who they who they are surrounded by at work, what types of customers they do or don't have. And but most people don't exercise that. Now, isn't that a scary thing though to turn away some customers because they're not treating you with respect or they're not the types of people that you want to get along with? Like isn't that isn't that a scary thing to do? <clears throat>
1: Um, yeah, absolutely, it is. But it's also at the same time it's very freeing. Once you do it, it's very freeing. And I think it, I think it opens up a vacuum where you're going to attract more of the type of customers that you want.
0: Mm, I think that's really true. In fact, I want to just talk about that for a moment because the customer is not always right. The customer is not always right. And just because you have a business does not mean you are subject to being walked all over by people. You know, you you get what you expect. And so if you expect a certain amount. Uh, I mean, it does depend. Maybe there are industries where people expect the customers in the, the industry is a certain way, but typically though, you can still run your own ship as you want, you know, and you get what you expect. And exactly that, if you know, it's almost like that way in life, if you let people walk all over you, then they're going to walk all over you that you, you know, people will take, it's the whole, they'll take all the room that you give them customers as well. I-
1: Absolutely they will. And, 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 you know, like, you know, in your company you have your rules and these are the rules that we, that we abide by to have our happiness. Just like, you know, living in a country, you have rules that you have to abide by to, to keep it happy, you know, like, um, you know, you drive on one side of the road because that's, that's what, you know, keeps everybody happy and keeps everybody safe.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it, you know, all a company is, is a team of people. All a business is, is a group of people who solve the pain of another group of people with a product or service, you know, it's here. You talked about dentists. So that's a group of people that solve the pain of another. Maybe it's a neighborhood. Maybe it's a type of person, a working professional. They understand they've got busy lives. You know, maybe it's people who are afraid of pain. And so it's a dentist office that, you know, that makes sure that they put everyone under before they do. Right. So like it's like it's people who solve this pain of a specific group of people. And so again, it's, it's the same thing. It's what kind of, it's a culture culture is such an important part of anything that you do, whether it's a sports team, whether it's a business, whether it's a family, the culture that you, you encourage that you nurture. I mean, that's gonna, that's gonna, it's almost like its own thing, right? It's going to lead in directions you want or don't want no matter what. And so I think that's a really, really important point. I just wanted to kind of uh, highlight that. Cause I, th- I know that there's a lot of people that feel like they're subject to their customers, you know, or like that sort of thing, you know, like they that and it's, and it's not the case. You know, you, you literally design your own life and whatever life you have, you've designed it. You've made all the decisions or refused to make the decisions that led up to that. And so, if, you know, you're not a tree move. If you like where you are. Okay. Perfect. If you don't like where you are, do something different. You know, that's why you're in business and you have that control. I just, I don't know if that's, maybe I lost some people with that, but I, I just think it's a really important point. So
1: agree Totally. Yeah.
0: So now moving along now, what do you think? What do you think the future of paid advertising is going?
1: Oh, well, good question. And it's been it's been in turmoil. So, you know, as we're as we're talking on this um, podcast just today, um, chatbots were um, released again in Facebook. Mm. So, for those people that don't know what a chatbot is, a chatbot is is basically um, an automated program that allows um, you to have a series of of questions and answers inside of Facebook Messenger. Um, they were opened up going back about 18 months ago, I think now, maybe two years. They were opened up into Facebook. And because of the recent um, yeah, Cambridge Analytica privacy stuff yet yeah, going on, all that stuff that the media is having a heyday with. Um because of all that, they, they turned off chatbots so that they did not allow them to occur until they could get those privacy policy issues sorted. Mm-hmm. And today they've just um, released them back into, into working. So that's great news for, um, for businesses, um, that are wanting to use those to uh, automate some processes, um, and communication within their business. So, so I, th- I think, Daryl, like the reason I bring that up is because we're seeing the media play some some roles in, in putting out some information there about privacy. That for now, anyway, it's a, probably a little blip in the radar. But right now, it's causing the way that businesses should um, consider their um, their their advertising. And you know, there's discussions around um, Google and Facebook removing remarketing from their from their platforms. Really, yeah.
0: Wow. So.
1: Yeah, I know. It's pretty scary. And for those that, that maybe don't know what the word remarketing is, if you've ever visited a website and then you go into another application like Facebook or maybe um, uh, a Gumtree or a Craigslist and then you see an ad pop up with what you were just looking at on the website, that's what remarketing is. It's So, so um, yeah, so they're looking at, at um, potentially removing that from uh, from their from their programs. In fact, Google Chrome now allows you to shut it off if you don't want to see it.
0: That's interesting. Now, I remember, I think it was Perry Marshall at the time, when remarketing first came out, he said, this is the end of $0.05, cent, $0.10 cent banner ad clicks. Because the ad inventory was going to get eaten up. You know, it was going to get... Because people would be willing to... Remarketing is such a powerful thing uh, that it would eat up a lot of the excess inventory. But if they get rid of that, I wonder... I mean, that's it is scary, but I wonder if that is all... I wonder if the opportunity there is, so...
1: Yeah. So that's, that's a, and that's a really good point. And so, um, I'm working on a project with, um, with a couple of guys at the moment, we're creating a website that will have, you know, a couple hundred thousand pages, um, built in it. And that gives us the opportunity to serve ads through our website to that specific demographic. So, um, I think that there's going to be an opportunity for a potentially for banner ads, but, but more like a banner ad where you're approaching a specific website that has a specific demographic that looks like that, that that's in your target market.
0: Mm. So, do you mean like media buying? Like, I'm doing paid ads online and I can't really do remarketing, but I find that these sites, you know, uh, or these types of sites, my ads seem to do well on and so then i approach them directly about advertising on them is that what you mean
1: yeah yep correct so like let, let, let's just say as an example that um, the business is, manufactures dog food and there is a website for dog lovers and they get um, several thousand visitors you know a month coming into their website so so the dog food obviously matches the the website's um, demographic right so therefore they could put banner ads inside of that website and advertise within it as uh, within it to um, to get business to get business from that.
0: Right, right. Yeah, because this is this is some some uh, old school, but I mean that's how advertising was back in the day. Before the internet, there wasn't remarketing. There well, was, that's, yeah,
1: there were, <laughs> so people people are freaking out about this and they're like, aren't you freaked out? I'm like absolutely not when I started Facebook marketing, remarketing wasn't around. Yeah. We didn't have it. Yeah. And all the targeting options that we have now, we didn't have that either. Yeah. So you had to rely on your your, you know, your ability to write good, strong copy and a great ad that match what the target audience wanted to be able to get the result.
0: Yep. Yep. I I know a guy, Greg Davis, he's uh, in the, he's in uh, teaching affiliate marketers how to market. He's a guru there. They call him Mr. 50 K a day. And, uh, he has a saying that, you know, when the ad is good enough, the keyword doesn't matter. Exactly. When the ad is good enough, the keyword doesn't matter. It's not about the keyword. It's about the demographics. You know, and uh, anyways, it's just an interesting, interesting philosophy. But that's how it was because before the internet, you had to buy lists. That's how it was. You would rent a magazine list. You would put an ad in a newspaper. You know, and that was that was kind of it. I mean, you could do radio and billboard and TV and that sort of thing. But the channels were fewer. The the reach was further. I think. I think the cost per thousand was perhaps cheaper. Um, I might be wrong on that. I mean, different medium. You're not going to pay a thousand. You know, you're not going to send a thousand letters in the mail for which you can get a thousand eyeballs on Facebook for, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I mean, just uh, respectively. And so that's where it was. It was about generating your own list. And so for people listening, this is what it was. The name of the game was get something out there that identifies your group of people. It can be a free offer. It can be a low, cheap offer. But typically you want to build a list as big as possible. And then you spend all your time marketing to that list you didn't have you couldn't do remarketing you had to market to your list you know and that's that's kind of how it was and now some ways people have gotten lazy where they're like oh i just remarket in this and it's they may or may not get it but they're doing the same thing it's just a different like there's nothing new under the sun right it's all the same stuff it's just transforming from one format to another format and that's where someone like you who's got 17 years and even myself who's been in the game for almost as many years as well like that's where that 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 experience really comes in handy, because where new people are getting caught up in the technique, we understand the principles and the strategies that have been you know kind of proven themselves over the the, the test of time so
1: yeah, and I, I think on, on this note, like one of the areas like you know obviously um, like your definition of what you're talking about uh, you know as a business is a is a group of people that work together to solve a group of people's problem. That's what Facebook groups do. And so I, I think that there's going to be more emphasis on Facebook groups. And there's now, so there's, there's, um, so the F8 conference is going on right now, um, in California, mm-hmm. which is the, the Facebook conference. And that's going on right now. And they're releasing, um, several new things. So, you know, be on the lookout of that next few days to hear, um, to hear what's going on, um, there. I've got a friend that's just telling me that, that they've released now the ability, um, they've changed the join group button um, just a little bit, so it's going to be easier to join groups now, mm. um, which is which is cool.
0: That is cool. Yeah, groups are extremely powerful because it's it's a pool of people that you're interested in. The problem is is reaching those people. It can be really cost uh, expensive and time consuming to get in there. And I know Facebook's changed. Uh, permissions on how to market in groups a couple of times the last couple of years. So all right, so we know that there's some new things happening with groups, with some new some uh, know some new things happening I guess with chatbots and with remarketing. That's kind of interesting as well. Um, what do you think how what are some of the most effective ways for someone who's new and you know maybe they've they've got they're not sure if they want to get with an agency or not yet, but they need to get their own they want they want to jump in. They want to test the waters. What do you think are some of the most effective ways to get something basic up and running?
1: So good. So good question. And, and, um, the, the one, the one caveat that I'll put on this is that oftentimes like, so like, you you know, when, when you've been doing marketing for as long as what you and I have been doing it, um, the ad that we're going to produce is going to have a much greater chance of being successful, you know, once it gets out of the gate. Whereas if someone is not used to, um, used to creating ads and creating copy and they don't understand how to use the, the Facebook um, advertising platform, then that can have problems like we were just talking about, mm-hmm. you know, challenges with Infusionsoft and ClickFunnels. Um, so, the, and those sort of technical challenges would normally knock someone down and then they just give up. So, the, the caveat on this is, is if you do not succeed at first or if you come up against a problem, we have a rule in my company if we're using a piece of technology like infusionsoft or active campaign or any any technology and we get stuck on on that 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 using that piece of equipment and it takes us longer than an hour to solve it then we stop and we reach out to the support team of the company that makes that and we wait for them to help us before we start to 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 um to to continue on so if you if you get into that and you fail or if you get into it and you reach a technical um, situation reach out to someone that is an expert in that area to get some help. Yeah. So that that's the first caveat I put on that. The, the 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 best way to get started and the most simplest thing to do is to first understand who your customer is. So if you've got an established business, go and talk to one of your customers that you absolutely love. So likewise talking about ABCD customers, go and talk to an A customer, not a not a D customer because you don't want to attract them in. So go and talk to an A customer and find out what the problem was um, that they were having, how they communicated that problem Where did they go and look for other answers besides coming to your company to solve that problem? Gather all of that information up and then use that as your foundation for building your ad inside of Facebook. That would be, that would be my first, uh, first recommendation. Um, if, if they're, if they, uh, um, don't understand Facebook advertising platform, then they're going to have to get some training on that. Um, and F- Facebook provides training inside of it. They've got a, a, um, a, a training platform called Blueprint that um, is free to use, and you can go in and, and um, learn how to use the Facebook advertising platform. And the third part of this is make sure they're, they're boring as batshit to read, but make sure you read the Facebook advertising policies know them inside and out because you do not want to your ad to get disapproved over and over and then get your account shut down.
0: Right. And face I don't know, is Facebook still like they were? I've, <clears throat> I've been doing Facebook ads still, but not as heavily as I was a few years ago. And for the longest time, Facebook had a hair trigger on banning accounts where Google would just disapprove your ad. Facebook would disapprove your ad and you. It was like, sorry, you wrote a bad ad. You can no longer advertise on our platform as opposed to just this ad sucks, make a better one. Is it still, how how touchy is that right now?
1: So um, Facebook, um, it, like when I first started advertising on Facebook, I, I had three accounts shut down.
0: Yep.
1: Um, so it, I haven't seen that sort of thing happening as much, but with the privacy policies coming out now, I'm I'm sure that Facebook is going to start to monitor that. If you're doing anything that's going to be breaking um, a privacy policy, so if you're sending someone to a landing page, make sure you have privacy policy on that page.
0: I knew I had a I had a client actually a good friend and and uh, and a client for a while, and he was doing something like twenty thousand. He was out of Mexico. He's doing something like twenty thousand net profit a month. Had an ad set. Running in Facebook for eight months, almost untouched, went in, made one small edit, and his account got shut down. It was like, and it, it was, oh. it, and it was almost like they hadn't, it was like it, it somehow got under the radar all those months. And it was like that review, whoever reviewed at that time, it was something like he changed the URL, like he didn't even change the ad. And uh, it just totally got him, anyways. And it, and it was, it was just gone. Like it's not even like, oh, the ad that was running great and making me 20 grand net a month is now gone. It was like his account was gone you know, and the credit card tied to that, like it's, it's a bit of a headache. So,
1: um, yeah. The, and the only way around that, if that, if that did ever happen to someone, um, face once an, once an account's gone, it's, it's generally gone. Yeah. So my suggestion would, my suggestion would first be go and, and, you know, like send an email to Facebook and see if you can get some help with it, or if you can go on the live chat and then do that. And the second thing is, um, once an account's gone, it generally is gone. So just, set up a new account, use a new credit card, and that's essential. You have to use a new credit card, yep. set up a new account, and just and just get back into business again. Don't don't let that stall you for you know yep. weeks at a time.
0: Yep, yep, So all right. So we're talking about how to how to get your first paid ad campaign up and running profitably. You talked about doing the research. That's such a crazy thing. If you're gonna go hunting to know what you're hunting. If you're gonna go fishing, what kind of fish and what kind of bait. So do some good market research, ask these people questions. You talked about if you already have customers, if you don't have customers, we mentioned Facebook groups. Those are just amazing reservoirs of information. People understand the power of technology today. You can go on Google keyword search tool, or you can go on Facebook and hop into groups and you can read people's thoughts. You can search a group for words like frustrated angry, you know, like upset things like where people are, because people are having pain and, and reset and understand where your market's coming from. You can go to Amazon and read all the customer reviews. You couldn't do that before Barnes and Nobles and chapters and all these bookstores. You couldn't pick up a book off the shelf and read what hundreds of people have thought about this book, right? You know, like at that time and place. So we have, there's never been a better time in history to be in business as there is right now. So step one is do the research, then create an ad out of that. Is that it? You just put up an ad? Should we run an ad to a phone number? Do we want to? Do we want to collect leads? Do we want to run an ad and make a low dollar sale? What's your recommendation for like again for someone who's just starting up and running? Just some basic, you know, get me up and going and hopefully get something that kind of works.
1: So look if um, if they have a, a website um, and their website is getting conversions to them like getting it's generating leads for them then the simplest way would be to to create an ad and the image and understand the image in the ad has to match where you're sending traffic to so if you're sending to your website they need to have the same image that's on your website mm-hmm. so send them to your website and if you have a, a the ability to to um you know have a form on there where people can fill it in then that that's the simplest way to do it mm-hmm. the the second is is to use um, what's called a lead gen ad, and a lead gen ad um, is a or a lead ad is is one that just stays within inside of Facebook. Okay. So it doesn't even you don't even have to create a landing page. You don't have to create have a website. It literally just stays inside of Facebook, mm-hmm. and it pre-populates with the person's details that they've used inside of Facebook as well. Mm. So th- that's probably the most simplest ways is either send them to your website or send them to a uh, a lead ad.
0: That's excellent. Now, are lead ads cost effective?
1: Um, yes, they are. Um, with a lead ad, um, we we use them for a lot of our clients, and like you know, obviously the skill level is gonna is gonna vary here, mm-hmm. but we'll generate leads generally somewhere between sort of eight to twenty five dollars depending on the industry that that we're in using lead ads. That's
0: excellent. Yeah, okay. Good, good, good. All right. So really that's it. I mean it's traffic and conversion. And if you have an ad that's getting clicks but you're not getting opt-ins you may want to look at the ad, by all means, Adam, correct me if I'm out of line here, but you may want to look at the ad and the landing page and try to figure out which one of them is off. You might be getting clicks for something that you're not delivering on your landing page, or you might be getting clicks for something that your landing page is confusing or people don't understand where the like what they're supposed to do next, or it's just not an appealing offer. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah,
1: yeah. So so typically like if 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 um, if no one's clicking on the ad, then there's a problem with the ad. If they're clicking on the ad. And going someplace and they're not they're not taking action. There's a problem with whatever wherever they have gone to take action. And if um, after taking that action, um, then you're having difficulties getting a hold of them. Then the follow up process is is a problem, or um, or the the entire funnel was incorrect.
0: Mm. And so really, people hopefully people could see it's kind of a step by step process. You start with the market and the research and who and what. And why they need they need your help to solve whatever, and then you create an ad that hopefully and it's you know everything's going to have a decreased performance. So if you get a hundred clicks, you may not get you won't get a hundred leads, right? You might have right. a few thousand people see the ad, and you'll get a couple hundred clicks, and then you'll get a handful of leads, tens of leads, hopefully, and that should hopefully, depending on right, turn into ten plus sales, I do you know right. as a good benchmark. So it's kind of a funnel where you've got a large volume and some of this might seem really rudimentary, but I love fundamentals because they're fundamental and they you know you can't go wrong with, with fundamentals ever. but you know and it's just a bottle and you have to look at where the bottleneck is and applying your focus anywhere other than the bottleneck is futile. It's a waste of time and energy. And so if you have a business and you have no customers, do you have any traffic? do you have any leads? Are you not getting the foot traffic that you need? into your store or you're not getting the visitors to your website that you need. That's step one. Okay. Well, how do you get more people into your business? That's step one. If they're coming in and they're not buying now, that's the next step. Right. And you want to try and keep things as consistent as possible because you want to try and be scientific about it. And if you're doing something new every day, it can be tough to know what works and what doesn't work.
1: Exactly. And that's the, the other thing is sometimes people will, um, You know, they have, if they have, if they've done the research and then they've, they've written what, you know, what they think is an irresistible offer, but they're not getting conversions with it. They may start trying to change too much. And so that's where, you know, we maybe just want to change one thing. Maybe it's the image, maybe it's the headline, maybe it's the offer, right? We only want to change one thing at a time, not try and change everything.
0: Right, right, right. And typically those are the two best things you mentioned right there, headline and offer. You know, if it's depending if it's an ad, the image I think is what gets most attention. There's a great tool, Ad Comparator, Ad Comparator. Um, Blair Blair Gordon I think is the guy that made it. I've used that tool forever. It does it, it taguchi testing, which I don't want to get really geeky on this, but it's a way of doing split testing faster and to test more variables. And I love the three element test. So this allows you to test three things, five things, seven things, 11 things at once, because typically to do a split test or even a multivariant test, the amount of traffic you need to get conclusive results is, is prohibitive for a lot of people. It prevents people from doing it. But Taguchi is kind of like a way to just kind of eyeball it you know, And you typically, you're still always making progress as you go forward. I love the three element test because you can do three elements of an ad. You can do ad, offer, uh, upsell. You can do any three things that you want and put it into that and test it. And so that's a great tool that I love. But what you said, again, typically headline and offer are the strongest. I know all the times that I use that tool for Facebook ads, almost every single time the image was the most impactful thing on getting uh, more conversions once we had a, like an offer that worked. You know, once you had an ad that worked, it was getting different images because the images are what got it, what gets attention. And if people have to see it first to make an ad before they can make uh, before they can act on it, so
1: right, yeah. Offer, offer is definitely the highest of those areas that you know. The more irresistible the offer is, and this the point on that that I would make is, um, this is I see this so often, right? Business owners are passionate about whatever it is they do, whatever their product or their service is. They're very passionate about it. So they think if they give their product or service away that that is valuable because it's valuable to them. Mm-hmm. But you have to always put yourself in the, sh- in the shoes of the person that you're trying to attract in. And so the offer has to be valuable to your potential client, not to yourself.
0: Right 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 yes yes you're not in business for you because you're not going to pay all the bills you're in business for other people and that's kind of where you have to strike that balance where yeah exactly you're serving others you're not so much serving yourself you're serving others and hopefully in an industry and in something that you love right but it's not it's not about you it's about them I love it and yep. it's not a charity so you have to you kind of have to appeal to their self-interest and it, and it won't be fair always either right but you just that's yeah that's yeah, well said. yeah. So I want to ask one thing before we get, because I know we're getting close to the end of the call. You mentioned four pillars and you said referrals is one of those. What are the four pillars? I'm super curious.
1: Oh, I said, I said core C-O-R-E. Oh, right. Um, (laughs) So um, that's, that's what I was referring to was core pillars. Um, (laughs) uh, So, so yes, it was core and for every business, that's going to be different. So typically, um, Referrals is one core pillar that a business would have. Another one would be, um, you know, having a, a website, and within the website becomes a lot of other things. And that is, how do we get people's eyeballs onto the website? So that can be through mm-hmm. Facebook, through Google, through you know, whatever means of traffic, search engine optimization, to get traffic to that website and getting it converting. Another core pillar is typically, for, for most businesses, um, uh, is is some type of an event. An event. When I say event, an event could be if you're an e-commerce store. An event could be, you know, it's Christmas and you're having a Christmas sale. Mm. Um, if you're if you're a uh, a service-based business, an event could be an internal event that you're holding inside of your inside of your business for your customers. For them to bring along um, potentially new customers for you as well, Mm -hmm. Um, so so that can be um, an event as well, Um, and those are typically the 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 most sort of like three or four core things that I would see. Trying to think if there's another one that I'm I'm forgetting. Uh, Please chime in, Daryl, if you can think of another one.
0: Yeah, well, uh, there's I mean, there's it depends what we're talking about, really. Because there's core there's core follow up systems. I think that's you, referrals is a huge part. If not even just to generate new business, but it's almost like if you're you're not in you're in the arithmetic business when you have a business, right? So it's how many visitors, like how many potential, right? How many leads? How many qualified leads? How many buyers? How many complaints and returns? How many testimonials and referrals? So again, the core pillars, that's why I was just curious what you're for, because there's a lot of different ones. I don't have four off the top of my head, but I mean, there's everything, everybody needs the way to onboard new customers and to treat new customers and create a wow experience to create repeat buyers. I think that's a really important thing. You have to find a way to get customers. You have to find a way to get them to come back over and over again. I mean, that's really, it's only three ways to grow a business, get new customers, get them to come back more often and get them to spend more money when they're there. So if your typical customer only comes and buys from you twice, how do you get them back a third time? How do you get them back a fourth time? How do you get them back a fifth time? You know, is there a way to make a membership part of your business, some sort of subscription revenue? You know That's a huge part. So that's kind of, I mean, it's what we're in the business of. Every business is in the business of getting and keeping customers. So how do you get them? How do you keep them? How do you optimize? You know How do you track what works and what doesn't work? <clears throat> so that's why I'm just curious there's a lot of different things people that listen to these interviews hopefully this has been really powerful for you we've covered a lot of ground and we've covered some really fundamental and, and proven time-tested things and I know some of it may have seen that some of the more expert people listening to this were like I know what remarketing is I know what whatever well first of all thank you for making it to this part far in the call but also understand you can't one of my favorite quotes about mastery is do it until it becomes dull and then do it until it's beautiful you know I like that Right. Like that's true mastery. And that's and so when it's, it's I mean, I come from a martial arts background and, you know, there are some guys that they would get other black belts with stuff we learned in our first week. And it's just so amazing. You're like, wow. And that's 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 like virtuosity is doing the common uncommonly well. And you only do that through focus and determination. I mean, there's a lack of grit in the world today. There's a lack of that determination, that persistence everyone just gives up so easily nobody really has it's it's hard to find people who have determination and staying power these days you know i did a facebook live rant about this not that long ago because i'm just it's it's disappointing and that's one of the things that i miss about running a martial arts school when i had a martial arts school every day people showed up to get better no one showed up to whine no one showed up to complain And when you're, when you're not in an environment like that, if I didn't have a gym or CrossFit gym or a martial arts studio or something like that to go to, where I'm surrounded by people that are trying to get better all the time, like, I don't know what I would do. I would become aloof. I would just become a recluse because I just can't handle it. Like, like people just don't get it, you know, and it's, you got to enjoy it. It's not, some people act like life is, I don't know, like life is a burden. I mean, it is a gift and you got to, you know, and you got to have passion for what you're doing. You want to get up in the morning and and have a reason to live like, geez, like you are here. You're not going to be here forever. 5,000 years is not going to matter. You got to get up and do something that's meaningful. Yes. You got to make money. Okay. You know, so what do you want to do? You want to go plug in at a job and have someone tell you to do, or do you want to be self-directed and have an adventure? You know, it's going to be good. It's going to be, I mean, that's where I'm at. You know, like I'm, I want to get the most I can out of this life. I, as far as I know, I only get one. I'm not sure, but so, uh, I don't know. Just focus on the fundamentals and embrace the grind and love what you do. And and just be consistent at it, and I don't know. Just got to keep being a student. I think I'm on a soapbox. I should probably get off. <laughs> it's your interview, not mine. But um,
1: <laughs> it's all good, Daryl. I, I think that that uh, your your uh, your points are all very very valid. You gotta you gotta enjoy the time that you're here, and you gotta be doing something meaningful, um, right. and always you, you know, and and, and and you know, and always continue to strive to be to be better at whatever it is that you're doing every day.
0: That's right. And there's never going to be an end of the problems either. You're never going to be like, ah, I've now solved all the problems in my life and my business. My, everything is complete. You might have like a week, you know, like a month yeah. or two, but there's always going to be something. And so just don't get all beat up and caught up in it and just have fun. That's really, you know, I mean, did you die? I love that meme. There's that meme from the movie Hangover. Like, did you die? No. Oh, okay. Then shut up. Like, you know, like, it was really like, oh my, like I was bellyaching to Adam before this call about some, uh, immigration issue stuff I've been having with the U S but at the end of it, like, did you know, did you die? No. All right. So suck it up princess, you know, like it's, you know, move forward. And so, um, anyways, Adam, I really appreciate you for people who've been listening into this. You may want to listen again, just to make sure you got everything. I hope you took notes. If not, definitely listen to it again and take some notes. Even if you never look at them again, it will help you remember them better, um, and I just really hope that you understand that uh, we've talked about some stuff and it may seem it may seem easy, like go on to Amazon and read the reviews or check out Facebook groups or, you know, ask your customers some questions and create an ad. This, some of this stuff may sound really easy, but it doesn't mean it's any less powerful. You know, the stuff that we talked about today is real. There's no magic room. Adam and I aren't going to hang up the call and be like, OK, now this is what I'm really doing, you know, to get results in my business. So it's right here. It's been given to you. And now it's up to you. To implement it and go, you know, if this were the gym, you got to go get 100 reps, you know, hammer it out. And if you need some help, there are experts around that can help you. In fact, Adam, if anybody here would like to reach out and get some help, what are some of the best ways for them to contact you?
1: Um, so they can email me. Uh, my email address is adam at web profit maximizer and maximizer is spelled M-A-X-I-M-I-Z-E-R dot com so adam at web profit maximizer and i guess i should spell profit i once had someone said is that p-r-o-p-h-e-t i'm like no it's p-r-o-f-i-t so <laughs> adam at web profit maximizer.com um, they can go to our website which is web profit um, and they can uh, fill in a form there for a strategy session and we can um, sit down and have a chat and see if there's anything that i can help them with in their business um, and if they want it done for them then we can also talk about that too
0: Perfect. So, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, you've, you've been a valued friend and advisor, and uh, I'm just grateful that I could introduce my following to you, my audience to you. Again, if you've enjoyed this, if you need some help, please contact Adam. And uh, again, Adam, just I appreciate you. And I'm just excited to see where we end up 10, 20, 30 years from now.
1: <laughs> Likewise, Daryl, same.
0: You've reached the end of our interview. Whatever it is, remember, taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them, and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website